0: Hey y'all, this is Dylan Wheeler, and you're listening to The Barn.
1: rode out of bed from a headache And for the pills and some coffee to wash it away And I saw the shit was all gone But she left a few words in the text there
2: And welcome to the barn live from the barn studios you got the mocks here we have a special guest online with us right now mr broke ass kid himself dylan wheeler how are you dylan
0: man i'm doing good just hanging out at the house
2: yes sir a house in texas right yes sir so are you still in edgewood or do you live somewhere else now
0: uh i actually live right up the road in canton oh, um, okay i've got property in edgewood but i'm staying here for the time being
2: yeah, and I, I'm guessing you spend a lot of time in Texas. Although these days, and especially 2023, it looks like you're going to be on the road quite a bit.
0: Yes, sir, man. I uh I've been gone out of Texas just as I've been home just as much as I've been home this year, honestly.
2: So we are real excited. You're coming to our neck of the woods, Saturday, May 27th. Doors are at 6:30. Shows at 7:30. Golden Eagle Entertainment, the camp at Lake Wapapella. We're excited to have you in town.
0: Yes, sir. I'm excited to be there, man. This will be our first full band show in a while. We've kind of taken a, a little break for a little bit, so we're excited to all get back out there and start at it again.
2: And I haven't had a the chance to see a show of yours yet. What can the what can the fans expect? What can the camp at Lake Wapapella expect?
0: Uh, man, you know, we're definitely uh, heavily rock influenced. So uh, a lot of loud guitars, a lot of loud singing and just a, a high energy good time, man.
2: You can't go wrong there. Genres make no I don't care about genres, you know. Music's music to me. I listen to anything and everything like most people that I know do. But there definitely seems to be more of a rock influence on some country music. Country is the new rock in a way. But from what I've seen that you do, it definitely seems like a rock show, a high-energy rock show.
0: Yes, sir. The best way i describe it is I was a kid that, you know, grew up in East Texas throwing hay, but I was listening to Audio Slave and I was listening to Pearl Jam, you know what I'm saying? So it's just, that's the music that I like and that's kind of what just comes out whenever we get up there and play. Everything's just, like I said, more more rock than anything, no doubt. But uh, some people enjoy it and I guess there's some that probably don't, but like we're just doing whatever we want to do, man.
2: I did see on the bi- on your bio that you mentioned that some of your vocal influences were Chris Cornell, obviously with Soundgarden, Eddie Vedder with Pearl Jam, and Lane Staley, one of my favorite vocalist I yes mean, sir that guy's old.
0: uh yeah absolutely man I, i've actually got a bird dog named staley after lane staley yeah i've got all those guys tattooed on my arm it's just my influence is the guys that i you know looked up to musically and stuff and big, big fans of all of them you know i still listen to them all you know to this day i get on my golf cart and ride around my little trailer hood and i'm just <laughs> bumping you know all the older guys that i used that to like and everything
2: where did those influence come from? Did you grow up with a musical family or around people that listened to music? And, and-
0: uh, Really, my dad, he was the one that kind of got me into music as a kid, uh, you know, a love for it. That's all we listened to was just old rock. At the time, it wasn't old rock. At the time, it was just, just rock because I, I was born in 94. So that's that's all that, you know, the more grungy alternative stuff. But then there was even older rock that we listened to. But Yeah, I would definitely have to give that to my dad.
2: You know, I think about like alternative music and what you're talking about, like the grunge era, and it's uh, you know, loud, buzzing, you know, grungy guitars with a lot of distortion. But the songwriting, and specifically like you know, Kurt Cobain's songwriting, was just incredible. You strip all that noise away, and even like Alice in Chains, you strip all that stuff away that kind of covers up some of the songwriting, and it's just well-crafted songs.
0: Yeah, I I, I agree totally, man. Actually, some of my favorite stuff to watch is like their old. Uh the old mtv unplugged like all of their stuff and then just whoever those older older rock guys anything that they did acoustic i love watching that
2: yeah same that allison chains unplugged i could play that every i list that every day it's, it's my favorite oh, unplugged.
0: Abso- absolutely for sure i think it should be everybody's
2: oh, we're just talking a lot about allison chains right now <laughs> yeah right <laughs> As crazy as 2022 was for you, it looks like 2023 is going to be a little bit of an adventure. Going out on tour doing some of your own shows but then also hopping on some tours as a supporting act as well.
0: Yes, sir. Man, it's it's been an experience. This is our first time ever doing like the, you know, the big tours, the big arena tours and stuff like that. A friend of ours, Co, he's been kind enough to to let us hop on with him and man, it's been it's been great. You know, it's some of the coolest times it just really introduced us to a whole nother world that we didn't know outside of just the bar scene you know and uh, i think it's helped out as well like we are able to go out of state now and have our own crowds at these shows because you know we've had that opportunity to go out there and play in front of you know seven ten thousand people a night in all these different states truly if you know a couple of them enjoyed it hopefully and they show up to the you know our shows that we do in town next time so that's kind of what we're banking on and what we're hoping for anyways.
2: How do you change your set, or do you change your set when you're playing to a smaller crowd versus to seven thousand, or eight thousand, nine thousand people?
0: Not, not necessarily at all. We play, you know, we play the same, same energy, same songs for fifty people as we do those seven, ten thousand. That's just part of it. The, the fifty people paid their money just the same way those, you know, ten thousand did. So we're going to give them the same show if we can and. A lot of times people prefer, you know, the smaller setting anyways. They as a listener and a uh as a fan, they they prefer being in the smaller rooms with us and so it's uh but yeah, we don't we don't really change anything at all on our end, man.
2: Do you think we're here and do you think you get the opportunities that you are gonna have this year without the song Broke ass kid?
0: Uh honestly no. That's I mean that one I won't lie at all. That song's done a lot for me, my family, my band, who's also family. That one definitely changed our life, you know, and it was just so weird. It was a song I wrote in 30, 45 minutes on my buddy Cade's back porch uh, one night, just sitting there hanging out, wrote the song. And then I took the little bit of money that I had, went to the studio and recorded it, put it out, never really thought about it much. And next thing I know, it was just taking off and, you know, venues, bars are calling and, we got to go play shows now. So that song's still to this day, it's steadily growing. I know it's a few years old, but it's still, still growing and still doing stuff for us. And that's something that I'll, uh, I will always be appreciative of that song for that. We, I mean, to say we don't have other songs that are starting to do well, we do definitely. But without that broke ass kid kind of paving the way, um, I don't know that they would have gotten the light shine on them, you know, quite like they have. So I would say, I would say, uh, no, I don't think I would be where I'm at without that song for sure.
2: What is that process like of something that you wrote on your buddy's back porch to now seeing I know on Spotify it has over twenty two million streams, and that doesn't include Apple and YouTube and all these other places where you can yeah. get music like from the process uh, of the very the very memory that you have of writing it to now seeing where it's at where it's I'm guessing it's been a life changing song for you
0: yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely man. um it's been weird uh a while back I actually was digging through my old voice memos and old notes. And I found the voice memo from when I first thought of the song Broke Ass Kid. And uh, I sang it completely different, but I was sitting there just, you know, singing it into my phone and just looking at that to where it is now. And I mean, people literally have the artwork tattooed on them and everything. And it's just so wild to think that 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 song, I guess, has resonated with so many people that they would do that. And it was just me, some just punk ass sitting on his porch, everybody's porch writing a song to what it is now. It's just wild, man.
2: And then also, I mean, bad bitch is doing pretty well too, right? You know, so yes,
0: yeah, that's one of them that I said, you know, was wouldn't have been shown the light quite as much as it has if it weren't for broke ass kids. So I'm, I'm happy with that one. It was a little delayed fuse. That one, it's been out for a while, but it's just recently, you know, really started to take off and get traction.
2: And I think you kind of see that with a lot of careers is you have the one that sort of kicks down the doors to a wider audience, I guess, or fan base. But then if you don't have the follow-ups and, the, and really the album supporting it, I see a lot of times where it doesn't go anywhere. So I think that's such an important part of it.
0: Yeah, for sure. I, I mean, I will never claim to know what I'm doing or anything like that. I, I'm, there's a hundred things I probably could have done better and differently. But when I was putting those songs out, you know, it was pretty much just me behind everything. I mean, I had my band, but like as far as, you know, the plan the business stuff going on like I, I just didn't know what i was doing i was just putting out songs when i could afford to record them and then i would just put a song out and uh you know so i i probably messed up on a few things should have done a few things a little bit differently but here we are we're, we're rocking with it now so that's all we can do
2: that's the journey right it's not yes sir it's not perfect but hey here we are yes sir I think it's interesting that one of your most popular at least on youtube is uh your cover of strawberry wine do you feel like you were able to kind of showcase your vocal ability in that song And you think that's why people were attracted to that video
0: um i'm not sure on that one honestly it's a i think that it's a iconic song that Dana carter did you know and i think just some people hearing it kind of from the guy's perspective is what it was i think that you know i don't know if it was just anything special that i did i think that honestly if you know any guy had got up there and and sang it it might have done pretty good for him like i said i just i just think it's something about hearing it from the guy's perspective makes it resonate with some people a little bit differently
2: do you care if we hear a little bit of my favorite song off your record times are changing i don't mind at all man let's give it a listen here
1: I don't care and I don't care at this point If we ever really work it out The picture that she's painted in her mind Between the two of us is all fucked up And probably colored outside the lines Real life is over
2: Tell us about Shines Through.
0: Uh, yeah, man, that's a song that I wrote with a couple buddies of mine, one actually being my producer, Philip Mosley. The other one, uh, Matt James, who was the lead singer of the rock band Blacktop Mojo. I don't remember who who had the idea for it uh, exactly. A lot of times when we start songs, it'll be just a, a, a line or two, and that's what starts it. I, it may have been Phil that that had it. I, I really can't remember. That's been a while now that we wrote that one, but. We, uh, we met up in Tyler, Texas one day and we sat down and just started kind of throwing out ideas. And I think everybody liked that one. And we just sat and wrote it and lived with it for a while. And then uh, we actually went back. We liked the song. We had finished it, but we ended up going back later, revisiting it, changing a few things up on it. And uh, that is where you get the version that you hear
2: today. Is there a plan for the next single?
0: Yes, actually. I don't have an exact date yet. Uh, I was actually talking to management about that yesterday and doing a little bit of it today as well. But I can say it will it will we will have another song out within the next two months. I think I can safely say that.
2: Great. We're digging the album, man. Times are changing. Can't wait to see you when you come into town. You're actually coming into you're playing St. Louis, well, Missouri, Chesterfield, Missouri in September as well with Colby Cooper and Pecos on the rooftops.
0: Yes, sir. Yeah, uh, I'm excited for that one. I think that's going to be a good one.
2: And we cannot wait for May 27th, Saturday, May 27th. Doors at 6.30 by Golden Eagle Entertainment, the camp at Lake Wapapella. you and some other supporting acts that are great. We're excited to have you in town, man. We can't wait.
0: I appreciate it, man. Can't wait to get out there.
2: All right, brother. We'll talk soon, okay? Yes, sir. Thank you, man. Thank you.
1: Road out of bed from a headache. And for the pills and some coffee to wash it away, and I saw the shit was all gone. But she left a few words on a text there on my phone and said, oh.